Welcome back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we're going to be talking to Ian McCormick about his near-death experience. But before we do that, I want to take just a tiny step back and tell you how I came upon this interview with with Ian. You see, uh, his story actually came up on my feed when I was recently in the hospital, I had had like this large bang go off in my head, followed by a really bad headache. I ended up going in for a CT scan and it showed a brain hemorrhage, um, which caused me to be hospitalized. And that was like early in the morning. And then it took forever, like all day, all until early evening to get the MRI that they told me that I needed. And we just couldn't understand why it was taking so long. Well, during that time, my daughters, you know, had the Moody Bible Institute people praying and you name it, just the word went out, people were praying and I got the MRI um, imaging done that night and it came back clear. And just in, you know, after I got those MRI results back, I just sat there wondering, and the doctors were kind of wondering too, and was there an error with the CT scan? And then I was like, or was it a miracle? Like, it just occurred to me, was this a miracle? Well, I was sitting there, I had nothing to do in the hospital. I had my phone and I pulled up YouTube and I was scrolling through there. And I think it's no mistake that it was Ian's miraculous story that popped up on my feed. And so now shifting gears over to Ian, uh, Ian was driving off the island of Mauritius when he was stung by five box jellyfish, which are among the most venomous creatures in the world. He's going to tell you all about that. And I'm going to let him share his incredible story with you. And then we're going to really focus in on what was absolutely so profound about this story for me was that Ian's experience just confirms exactly what we're trying to do here at Coffee and Bible Time, which is it, to encourage you, our listeners, to want to know God more through his word and through prayer. And ultimately this has an eternal impact. And so I'm so excited for Ian to be here to share with you today. Stay tuned for this exciting interview, but first a word from our sponsor. We are so excited to be launching our new Patreon page. This is a place where our followers can support us through donations. You can partner with us to help advance God's kingdom. We appreciate any size donation. Starting now, we will be releasing both exclusive content along with early releases of podcast and YouTube videos for those who choose to become patrons. We thank you advance for your generous donations. Our guest today, Ian McCormick, is an ordained minister with the New Zealand Assemblies of God. 
Ian has been in full-time ministry for over 30 years now. He has been involved in church planting, missionary work in Southeast Asia, pastoral care, evangelism, Bible school teaching, counseling, and most aspects of Christian ministry. He has ministered in over 60 nations around the world. Please welcome Ian. Well, that's an amazing um, introduction. I hope I can uh, live up to some of that. But yeah, the key that I found was love and a praying mother. And uh, the prayer of a righteous woman availeth much. And I'm, I'm here today because my mother, who was the only Christian in the family, never gave up praying for her children. And I was, yeah, I was touched powerfully. I'm sorry. No, it's By the okay. love of a mother who prayed right at that precise moment as her son was literally dying in an ambulance. And that prayer broke through as I saw her encouraging me to call out to God. And um, I, I literally sit here talking to you today from New Zealand, um, and my mum's still alive. I see her five, six days a week. Aww. She's in a rest home. She's nearly 90. And we go up there and we, we pick her up and put her in a wheelchair with my wife, and we walk her outside and looks at the birds and the flowers, and Aww. it's just amazing. And, and I know she prays for me still every day. And I wish I was as consistent in prayer as she was. Oh, bless her heart. <laughs> well, Ian, please share your testimony with us. Um, born in New Zealand, raised up. Um, we're used to milking cows and uh, horse riding and fishing and diving, surfing. So really outdoor life. I just loved nature. Um, my my mum was the only believer in the family. My dad um, went to church two or three times a year, and the rest of us it was more like an Episcopalian, like a, a very high church. We were christened, confirmed, but nothing ever happened. I never met the Lord, but I remember one day um, my mum said that they're going to confirm you do confirmation classes. So I went through them, and I, I was really excited because I thought, this is where I'll meet with God. I've been um, coming to church every Sunday, and I've been going to Bible, you know, the Sunday school and mum was praying with me every night. But my prayers seemed to just go to the ceiling and come back it was as though there was no one out there. And this particular day, the, the bishop, he laid hands on us. We took communion for the first time, but nothing seemed to happen. So I, quite troubled, went to my father who was standing at the back of the church and said, Dad, have you ever heard God speak to you? And, it, my, and my father said, why do you ask that? I said, well, we're told that we're created in the image of God. And surely if I'm created in his image, he has ears and eyes and uh, a mouth. Surely he can hear what I'm saying when I pray at night. And why hasn't he spoken back to me? Have you ever heard God speak to you, Dad? My father kind of shuffled around, looked at the ground, said, no, son, I, I've also never heard him. Um, some people think they have, but I think they're a little bit, <laughs> he said, son, just be a good boy. Um, don't buck the system. And someday you might make it up there. Well, that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to know if God was real, I would serve him. If he was actually there, surely I could have a relationship with him and talk to him. Cause I considered 
prayer was two ways. Why should I just be doing all the talking? Why <laughs> does he not talk back? Mm-hmm. And so I saw my mother. She was walking outside of the church, and I could see the vicar, the priest, with him, black robes. And I thought, well, go and ask mother. There's something very different about her. And I'm, I'm sure she'll tell me if she's ever heard God speak. So I, I interrupted the conversation and I said, Mother, I'm going to ask you a very serious question. Have you ever heard God speak to you? My mum turned directly to me, looked me in the eyes and said, yes, son, I have. I was astounded. I said, when was that? You've never told us, Mum. She said, well, when you were young children, you may not remember it, but my mother, your grandmother, had a terrible car accident. A ball ran out in front of the car. She smashed into it. They hospitalized her. And they discovered she had a dreadful disease called MS. I said, what's that? Mm. And she said, multiple sclerosis. And, and she said, in a very short time, my mother passed. And I'd lost my dad as a young girl. I was an only child and I was devastated. I had no one to turn to. And so I went into my bedroom, knelt on the ground and said, God, if you're real, if you exist, please come to me. I have nothing left. And I was interrupting mum, saying, mum, we've got us. I could see she was so moved to tears. It was such an emotional thing that she was sharing. And she said, it's okay, son. In the midst of my bedroom, the Lord appeared to me and he spoke to me and I know he's real. That's why I've been reading the Bible to you. That's why I've been uh, taking to church, son. And with tears just pouring out of her eyes, Mm -hmm. sharing her testimony with me, I was taken back. I said, Mum, never knew. Um, Does that mean I've got to go through a tragedy just like you in order to hear God speak to me? And she said, no, son, no. I said, then why is the church full of people that seem to have had difficulty in life, Um, tragedy? Why aren't there normal people coming to church? (laughs) (laughs) She said, well, Ian, by nature, man is very proud and arrogant. And it often takes a tragedy in their lives to humble them to a point of need where they'll actually call out to God from their heart. And I said, but mum, I'm not proud, am I? I don't think I'm arrogant. She said, Ian, we've all done things wrong. I said, well, I don't think I've done, I've followed Ten Commandments. I don't think I've done anything wrong. So it's kind of justifying that I I thought I was a good person. And my mum said, Ian, uh, what are you really saying? I said, well, mum, none of my friends come to church. I'm the only one of all my friendship group. And I've I've never heard God. I I don't even know if he exists. I hear what you're saying, but I haven't encountered anything like that. If it's okay for you and dad, I'd prefer not to come back to church anymore. Is is that okay? And and she looked at me with tears in her eyes. And she said, son, it's okay. You can can go. Um, We're we're not going to force our belief upon you. And as as, as I walked away, she literally burst into tears. She just wept. Mm. Just wept. I now know why she was weeping. At the time, as a 14-year-old boy, I had no idea why mum was weeping. But what I now realise, being a believer, when you watch a loved one, a family member, a child, walk away from God. Mm. It's so devastating. Mm-hmm. And she knew that I was very wholehearted. She knew I was very, very... Um, single-minded as a, as a child. Each child was different, but she knew for me that my decision could be quite catastrophic because I was so wholehearted. 
And so she she got my attention. I turned around and said, Mom, what, what's wrong? She said, Ian, if you can learn nothing from my life, if I can teach you nothing from, from my time here on earth, um, as a mother to you, please remember this one thing. And I went, what's that, Mum? She said, no matter how fast I'm, you go away from God, no matter what you do wrong in your life, if you call out to God from your heart, God will hear you. And he'll forgive you, son. He will forgive you. I said, Mum, thank you. I hear what you're saying. But it's, if it's okay for you and Dad, I don't want to come back to church again. But I remember what you said. What, whatever I do in my life, no matter how far I may be from him, if I call out to him from my heart, he will hear me and forgive me. And that was my journey at the age of 14. I went into... Um, University, studied an agricultural degree, did veterinary science and dairy science, became a consultant, was earning 400 bucks an hour. By the stage I'd finished university, I was really an atheist. I had been convinced that science had disproved religion, and I was very much focused just upon the natural world. My close friends who did law at Otago University, I'd done mine at Lincoln University in New Zealand, an agricultural college. We, we both finished our degrees and my friend said, let's travel the world. Let's, I watched a movie with him called Endless Summer. And he said, let's just surf the world together before we get married, have mortgages, and settle down, man. Let's just, <laughs> let's just travel. Let's just get it out of our system. And I thought, yeah, love to. Watch the movie, California Kids, no winter, no wetsuits, surfing. So we took off. Mm. It was 1982. I was 24 years of age, and we began surfing through Australia, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, South Africa, Mauritius, Reunion. Um, I was just loving it. I was experiencing the world, sailing, diving, fishing, um, different foods, different cultures, different religions. I was just taking it all in, um, living for the moment, really. And um, my world was really fairly hectic to say the least before extreme sport was even brought up we were just living an extreme life wow. and it was my brother wrote to me it was 1982 I'd been traveling for two years and I was about to go on safari through Africa up to Morocco and then into Europe and then across into South America I was I was on a, another two years at least traveling my younger brother said will you come home for my wedding I said absolutely I don't really want to suffer around the world, but I'm so close to you. I'm definitely coming back for the wedding. So I flew back out of South Africa into Reunion Island, uh, surfed and dived there, and then went into Mauritius. And this is where my, my experience took place. I'd lived the year before with these Creoles. They were like Rastafarians. Peter Tosh, Bob Marley said, don't worry, Mum. Be happy. <laughs> Smoke more hashish. <laughs> it's like... UB40, it's like Peter Tosh. I mean, these guys were just, you know, <laughs> dreadlocks. And so I'm surfing with them. I was as white as you can get them. I said, I'm the Bo Derek. <laughs> Some of you don't even know who she is, but I'm too uh, old. I do. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing my hair down here. I'm just hanging out with these guys, surfing. And they taught me to night dive. I was an instructor, I was a lifeguard. And um, I dived many times. And this night they said, Let's go. It's Rivier Noir, um, most beautiful diving area. I've never taken you. Come, come here. 
I looked, I saw a storm at sea. I thought maybe, maybe it's a bit too much surf up on the reef. He said, no, no, it'll be fine. The storm will pass. So we dived into the ocean. It'll be 11 o'clock at night, 19th of April, 1982. And as we dived in, unfortunately, that storm that had passed the island had brought up onto the reef thousands of the most deadly creature known to man. The Discovery magazine would call them the most lethal toxin known to man, the box jellyfish, sea wasp, chlorinex, phlegrae. Its it's neurotoxin can be classed as 100 times more lethal than a cobra. So here I am. I'm swimming into this um, unbeknowingly. It's very difficult to see at night, pitch black. Um, ocean with a, a, a flashlight, a very narrow-beamed flashlight, looking for lobster, looking for, for fish. And my, my wetsuit was short-sleeved, so my forearms were exposed, my neck was exposed. The other divers with me felt the water was very cold, so they had full wetsuits, rubber hoods, booties. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. They also knew that these jellyfish, um, when they saw them, what they were, I saw them and thought they were just an invisible, transparent-type cuttlefish because they're different from most jellyfish. Instead of the tentacles, they had four finger-like tentacles. And so when the first one hit me, it would be like thousands of volts of electricity. Uh, my whole body was shaken in the water. Um, I got out into the, into, onto the reef, and my arm was double its normal size. The fishermen who were... Creole, um, Simon, one of the divers, he said, Pardon, Stephanie, uh, on visa, tuck, Stephanie. In my limited French, if it was in particular, I knew a little bit of French. I realized he told me that one of these, which they called on visible, would kill you. And when you want to watch a black man turn white, it's a little bit unnerving. So these um, Creoles are saying, Allez, allez, vitement, quatre bon hospital, allez, vite. And, and, I, and I'm understanding what they're saying. The hospital, which is perhaps 20 minutes, half an hour from where we're, we're diving, up on the side of the, of the mountain in, of Mauritius, Al Maurice. And so they call the young boys, got the boat up, and they get me into it. Unfortunately, they, there's no outboard motor because they're very poor fishermen. The young boys just got a pole and they placed me in the boat and pushed off. He said, no, someone come with me. He said, he had no engine. Let the boy take you to shore. And, and, um, and he says, urinate, pee on your arm. And so I urinate because I'd heard vinegar had been used as a lifeguard in Australia. They, uh, they'd used vinegar as a form of bush medicine, so the urine must have some nullifying effect. Hit the beach, collapsed. The poison had already taken half of my body out. The young child somehow dragged me out of the boat onto the main road. 
as he's doing this, um, I'm having great difficulty and hard, hard to breathe. I'm feeling like a fist going into my kidneys as the neurotoxin is literally attacking my body. Um, the child then turns back to the ocean and I can see he's frightened that his brother who's out there, he's left, could be killed by them. I'm trying to explain to them that they've got wetsuits on, they're fine. And we're going in, in French, gendarme, a telephone, uh, please help, you know what I mean? But my mm -hmm. French was so poor, he, he just panicked and ran back to the ocean, jumped in the boat and began um, rowing with his pole out to the other divers who were actually safe. So leaving me in a very precarious position. Mm -hmm. This poison, if you're hit in the neck, can kill you within three or four minutes. Is that deadly? If you hit on the extremity, 10, 15 minutes, most people slip into a coma and never come out. So here I am, I mean, maybe eight minutes into the experience, I am slipping into what is called a coma, which will be certain death. As my eyes begin to shut, I hear the audible voice of a man speak to me. And he said, son, if you close your eyes, you will never awake again. Startled by this man's voice, I turn in the direction where I'd heard him. There's no one there. I look around, I thought, what the heck was that? Then I ran the thought, close your eyes, you'll never awake again. Well, that's death. What are you doing? This isn't sleep. This is certain death. My God, you nearly died. And now I know who the voice was. Um, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. But I'd been asking God to speak to me. <laughs> Does God exist? Can he talk? Well, the scripture mm -hmm. says, my sheep hear my voice. Yes. Um, we have over 60 million sheep in this country, about <laughs> 5 million people. I mean, um, we have beef and deer. I mean, it's food everywhere. Avocados falling on the ground, kiwi fruit. Here I am. Sheep don't read very well, but they certainly can hear <laughs> and yes. obey and listen to the barks of the dogs and the shepherds. So, and I used to sheep farm. We used to 30,000 sheep up in the, in the, in the Alps. So I'm, I understand sheep can hear, but I had no idea that the Lord could speak so audibly like this. And, of course, I wasn't a believer. So I'm thinking, if that was God speaking to me, why would he speak to a black sheep? Because I was complete mm. either. Well, the scriptures say Jesus goes looking for the lost sheep. He's the shepherd that leaves in 99. Yeah. Thank God he does. He goes yes. looking. Even though no one else may know, God's looking for the lost. He is trying to save them, rescue them. Here he is talking to me, a complete atheist, trying to save my life. I, I, I fought the tiredness. I realized that I had not I heard that voice, I'd have died there like most people. But this got me cognitive, fighting, rationally uh, fighting the poison. I staggered down the road, found three East Indian men uh, in their taxis. Uh, they thought I was drunk because I was staggering towards them. I said, look, I'm not drunk. Showed them my blistered arm. I've been hit by a jellyfish. I need to go to Catherine Hospital now. Can you take me? I need anti-serum. They said, we can. How much money you pay us? I thought, what? I said, 50, 100 US. They said, let me see your money. I take you. I take you. Where's your money right now? Well, of course, I didn't have any money with me. I was diving. I said, I'm sorry, I have no money with me. All three of them walked away. 
And in this part of the world, if you don't have money, you could truly die. There's such animosity between the races. And as I'm not knowing what to do next, I hear for the second time this audible voice. It was as though he was standing behind me, said, son, are you willing to beg for your life? I thought, beg for your life. That's a brilliant idea. I turned around expecting to see someone talking to me. And again, no one there. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. My mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. So I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you, when you need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time, and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on to okay. the podcast. Oh, One other thing, too, is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors. And so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. And and I'd lived in Africa. I'd seen men beg. Yes, I was. So I fell to my knees. And beg for my life. Two men just walked away laughing, couldn't care less. But the third man was obviously shaken to see a human, a white man begging. He'd never seen this. As I'm pleading for my life, without a word, he walked over and helped me to his taxi. As we drove quickly towards the hospital, he began asking me what my hotel room number, how he was going to get paid, um, where did I stay? Well, I'm trying to stay alive. So I, I said, look, I, I live in Tamarin Bay with a Creole. He said, hotel, you tourist. I said, no, no, I don't stay in a hotel. He said, you lied to me. You tourist, man. How you pay me? I said, I have a lot of money. I, I live with a fisherman. He said, no, no, no. I'm not listening. I take you to the tourist hotel there, Tamron Bay. Tamron Bay Hotel. They look after you. The, the tourists look after you. I'm not, not taking you any further. To my horror, he pulls in front of this small hotel and tells me to get out. I then find that by now the neurotoxin has paralyzed both legs. Okay. So, so I say, I can't walk. Next minute, he opens the door and pushes me out of his taxi, drives, drives off into the night, leaving me in a crumpled heap on the ground. Uh, I, I watch as he drives off. The, Why would men, a man do that? What kind of sick planet is this? If your number's up, do yourself a favor and die. Fortunately, the security guards had seen the taxi, wandered out, found me nearly dead, 
One of them was a fisherman that knew me, Danielle, close friend. He saw my arm, immediately recognized this jellyfish sting and, and carried me quickly into the hotel. He put me next to the owners who were Chinese. The problem was that they were playing mahjong and, and as I interrupted their game, being brought in, carried in their arms, they thought I was drunk, that they'd found some drunk tourist had fallen out of a taxi. And then I showed them my blistered arms and the man stood up and said, oh, you silly white boy, why you put the needle in? You stupid man. Thinking from the, uh, my hair was long. It was like Woodstock, hippie type stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he judged that I must be a heroin addict. And I said, this is not heroin. This is a jellyfish. Uh, they ignored me. Next minute, my body began to shake violently. My whole body went into the death rattles. I, my teeth are smashing to each other. This got their attention. They ran over, realizing this wasn't drunk, drunkenness. This was something terrible happening to me. They tried to restrain me. I was throwing them off. I then went icy cold. I said, blankets, I'm freezing. They wrapped blankets around me. One of the men tries to pour milk down my throat, thinking I've ingested a poison. I said, I don't need milk. I have to get to the hospital. I could see as Mercedes-Benz was in the car park. I said, sir, can you take me in your car or I'll die in front of you? He looked at his Mercedes, put his hand on my car. I said, no, no, white man. How come you're so worried? Wait for ambulance. Don't worry. My goodness sake. I felt like hitting him. And so I, I tried to hit him. I was so aggro. Why would a man not? have the decency to take me in this vehicle but my arm was paralyzed so i tried my left hand i'm just about to drag him and grab his shirt into my forehead and give him a head butt I teach him a lesson in humanity he won't forget third time the voice son if you hit him the poison is so close to your heart the adrenal rush will kill you i thought who on earth is this voice it's most likely true if i hit him i could kill myself so I turned away and I thought, well, if I survive this, your history, Jake, you better flip it over, don't make it. I don't know if some of you women are married to some of these men that are about kicks. <laughs> I just, I mean, it took a lot to get me going. But, man, when I snapped, oh, I just want to watch out. There's too much Irish in me. It's something. So I... I looked to my right. To my amazement, an ambulance flies into the car park. I'm going, man, I nearly killed myself. It's an ambulance. What the heck? Danielle runs out of the reception. Another security guard grabs me in their arms. Get me into the ambulance. I'm thinking, wow, maybe I'll make it. This is, just, this is a crazy night. As we're racing towards the hospital, my feet have inadvertently been put in the front seat. My head is in the back. My legs begin to elevate and all the neurotoxin in my lymphatic oh. system begin to drain down into my lungs, my heart, my brain. I can literally feel death, necrosis, into the core of my body. As I'm fighting for my life, barely able to breathe, can hardly hear my heart beating, I start to see uh, like a video clip of a child's life, blonde. I don't recognize it to begin that it's me because when we were, when I was born, my parents had little box brownie cameras. They were no one had internet. Was like Facebook. Yes. And right, right. I think it was digital, mate. It was pretty primitive, and um, so I didn't even recognise me. And then suddenly, around teenage years, I thought, oh my gosh, that's me. That's my life. I thought, man, I've heard programs on on people saying just before they die. They've seen their life flash before them in seconds. 
So I thought, man, if, I, if I'm going to die, what will happen? Is there life after death or is there nothing? I thought, well, I'm an atheist. I'm convinced there's nothing, but I'm a gambler. <laughs> and man, I've been, I've been wrong before. And I've heard heaps of beliefs, isms, Buddhism, Darwinism, humanism, Catholicism, you know, heaps of different uh, beliefs. I thought, I don't know. I'll soon find out if there's life after death. Um, I don't know. I'm not afraid to die, but we'll see. As this is taking place, unbeknown to me, on the other side of the world, my mother sees my face. And here's the voice of God audibly and said, your elder son Ian is nearly dead. Pray for him now. And my mum, my goodness sake, she just ran to her bedroom. My father was completely destroyed. What's wrong, honey? And fell to her knees. She told me this later and began to pray. God supernaturally took mum from her bedroom and the other side of the world. It's as though mothers know when something's wrong with their children. They could be a million miles away. The mum didn't just know there was something wrong. God had just spoken to her audibly and shown my face to her. Next minute, mum appears. God supernaturally trans puts mum, literally seen her in a bedroom praying right in front of me. And I'm just asking if there's life after death and what will happen if I die. As I see mum appear, she looks at me again straight in the eye, just like when I was a 14-year-old boy, and says the exact words, Ian, no matter how far, no matter how far from God you may be, son, no matter what you've done wrong in your life, young man, if you call out to God from your heart, God will hear you and he will forgive you, son. Well, I'm lying in that ambulance, flashback. I'm 26 years of age, 12 years before, 14-year-old boy, just finished confirmation, and my mum is speaking these precise words. I am now a million miles away from God. I've been there and done that. I am dying, and I am being told by my mum that God will forgive me if I call out to him. I lay there shaking. I thought, mum, I don't even know if there is a God, but if there is, there's so many to choose from. God, if you exist, show me your face. I need to see you to believe. Show me who you are and I will pray. As I lay there, no, no one appeared except mum. I thought, well, mother's not God, but she prays to Jesus. She is a true believer. She's a Christian. There's mum praying to the true living God. I thought, well, who else has appeared? And I lay there and I thought, well, mum taught me the Lord's Prayer. That's what Jesus taught. She's a follower of Jesus. Maybe that's the prayer. That's the only prayer I know. It's the only prayer that I haven't prayed for years. She used to pray with So I tried. My mind went completely blank. My mum said, son, don't pray from your mind. Pray from your heart. It's as though she knew exactly what was happening in that ambulance. I said, Mum, my heart's like stone. I'm so cynical. I'm so hardened. I'm so hurt. I don't know if there's anything good in there. It's so hard. And, and, and Mum said, pray, son. I said, God, if you exist, if you see anything good in this man's heart, if you find anything that you could even possibly salvage from me, Please help me to pray. I can't remember the simplest of prayer, the Our Father's Prayer. Next minute, words appeared in front of me. 
like words of light. Forgive us our trespasses and sins. Part of the Lord's Prayer immediately appeared. And I thought to myself, that's not the beginning. But here he's asking me if I will turn from my sins. I said, God, I have committed so many. I don't even know if it's possible to forgive a man like me. But if you can forgive me, I sincerely ask you, forgive me all of my sins. The words instantly disappeared. First words came up. Forgive those who have trespassed and sinned against you. I thought that's easy to do. I'm, sh I'm not a revengeful man by nature. I'm not vindictive. I can forgive anyone, God, no matter what they've done to me. As I said that, the Indian taxi driver who just pushed me out of his car appears in front of me. Oh, what the heck? So I just something hit me. I went, what on earth? Why is he here? And I heard this man's voice say, son, will you forgive this man for pushing you out of his car tonight and leaving you to die in front of that hotel? I thought, you must be joking. Why should I? Suddenly the Chinese hotel owner appeared and the voice said, will you forgive this Chinese man for not taking it in his car tonight and leaving you to die in the hotel? I thought, no, why should I? Look what they did to me. Absolute silence in the heavenly realm. I then realized that I had a, a, a catch-22 situation. If God was going to forgive me, I had to forgive others. I had no idea that Jesus taught in Matthew 6, when he taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer in verse 14 and 15, he said, if you don't forgive others, their sins against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins against him that your unforgiveness and bitterness will nullify your repentance. Forgive those who have sinned against you. And of course, as Jesus died, even as they crucified him, his words were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The power of forgiveness to others, releasing forgiveness, isn't saying what they did was right, but releasing that forgiveness allows the Lord then to heal your broken heart. And I lay there and I forgave. I realized that there were the tip of an iceberg. There were many other people that I had unforgiveness and bitterness towards and, and desires for payback. As I released them, something inside me broke. I felt like I'd been tied up in knots. Something was released through forgiving others. Their faces instantly disappeared. Fresh words. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thought, thy will must be God's will be done. Well, I've led my own will. I'm independent. I'm self-sufficient. I've done it my own way for so long. I lay there and I thought, well, God, I've never followed you. I don't even know what your will is. I have no idea what you're doing in heaven tonight. But my lifestyle has nothing to do with heaven. I will find your will. If you can help me survive this experience, I will seek you. I'll find what you're doing and live for you all the days of my life. Suddenly, the entire Lord's Prayer appeared. It was like words of light. I read later that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Yes. The entry of his word is truth. But all his, his truth sets us free. Mm. And Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Yes. He is the spoken word. I lay there realizing I've just met with the Lord. I thought, what a thing to find out that God is real. 
I thought, I wonder how many men just like me find the Lord in their dying seconds. You must be so careful not to judge anyone, no matter how hardened, how sinful, how broken they may be. You have no idea who's praying for them. They may have a thousand people wish them dead, but one praying mother, one praying neighbor, one praying friend interceding for them. God will move mountains. God will rescue them. In that ambulance, time had slowed down. Everything had gone into slow motion. And I realize now that even as people are dying, even in heart attacks, head-on collision, God, who's eternal, has an ability to slow time down. Mm. He wishes none to perish. Mm. I realize he had slowed time down in that ambulance that I might have a chance to pray. And I prayed. My world was changed. That prayer was the pivotal point. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I had no biblical reference for this. I was high Anglican, high Episcopalian. It's like my Catholic friends. We knew about God, but we never knew of God. And to know him is eternal life. And it was the key was believe in your heart. I'd spoken words from my head. I'd recited prayers. It was like meaningless repetition. God said, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Here, my heart for the first time had called upon the name of the Lord. And there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. And here, salvation had come. The peace had entered me. This peace has not left me in nearly 40 years. I, I was saved in 82 in an ambulance. The 19th of April, it's over 40 years since I have been saved. <laughs> and thank God, that prayer right there. I hadn't seen God. I'd only heard his voice and seen a brother, mother pray and instantly free gift of eternal life. Mm. The ambulance swung open. They lifted me in a wheelchair, raced me to the hospital. The nurses trying to find blood pressure, couldn't find a pulse. Try another machine, no pulse. Doctors see I'm nearly dead anti-serum, antitoxin, I feel like a pincushion. None of it seems to be working. I'm going further and further away. The doctors are talking to me saying, son, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. I'd have heard that way back on the beach. It seemed eternity ago. I thought I'm going to stay awake all night. I will not let this poison kill me. But they lifted me out of the wheelchair, talking to me, trying to keep me alive. But my eyes got so heavy, they shut. Machines flatlined. And I was pronounced clinically dead. Because, because the neurotoxin had hit my brain, I was brain dead on point of death. Not, sometimes when people die in a drowning or heart attack, the, the brain hasn't died. So they can literally, with, with respiratory system, artificial respiration, keep the oxygen supply up. But at the neurotoxin, it's the, why it's so lethal is it just bypasses the, it just goes straight for the central cortex. It, systematically takes your neurons out and then bam, it hits your brain. You're brain dead at, at the point of death. So here I am dead. Some, somebody said, were you near dead? Well, no, I certified dead and was gone for 15 to 20 minutes. And what I saw in that period transformed my entire world and knowledge of God, became the foundation of my walk with Christ. Um, I found myself out of my body. And, and many people have seen this on documentaries and television programs of people who have um, they've died and, and they, they almost 10 feet, 18 feet above their bodies, looking down, listening, hearing, watching. Um, the scriptures say when a man dies, his spirit leaves his body. His physical body is only a clay vessel. And Ecclesiastes 12, I think two to four, ash and dust. It's, it's a sheer, it's a shell. 
But Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet they shall live. Yes. So death, is, is death of the body isn't finished cessation of life because there's a second death. But yes. if you know the Lord, there's no death of your spirit. You've, you've given eternal life. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So I felt this extraordinary power and presence in me. Although I was physically dead, I was alive. In a second, I was out of the hospital in a realm of complete pitch darkness. I thought, did I die? Have I just left my body? Or if, I had, if we had a power cut and, and, and it's just gone pitch black. So I, I looked around for a light switch. I couldn't find it. Tried to find my bed. Lost it. Couldn't find my bed. Thought it's so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. And my hand goes straight through my face. So it's impossible. Two hands, both hands, straight through. Well, if of course you've got no physical body. There isn't anything to touch. So I go for my chest. I can feel it's there, but there's no physical body to Im impact. And I remember how men had had amputations and men in war had lost limbs and they'd often tell you they could feel the limb was still there. So I'm standing there realizing I'm alive, yet I have no physical form. Uh, and I can hear men screaming in the dark, shut up, you're in hell, you deserve to be. I'm thinking, hell, I don't believe in it. If this is hell, where's the party? <laughs> Very hard to grab a beer. If you, you know? So I'm thinking, there's no party. I'm thinking, well, where's the fire? Where's the rotting corpses? Where are the maggots? And then I'm thinking, well, my rotting body will be back in the, in, in the hospital where I died. Goodness sake, what is this? It's a kingdom of darkness. Acts 26, verse 18, Paul the Apostle said, There is a kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan in the spirit realm, but there is a kingdom of light ruled by Jesus, the Son of yes. God. And those walking in darkness have seen a great light. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Evil, evil couldn't touch me. Greater is he within me than he's within the world. I don't believe when most people die that are Christians, they go into this darkness. But I've certainly heard a few. <laughs> I believe most people that I know when they die straight into the light. But I thank God he led me through the valley of the shadow of death. And suddenly light pierces through the darkness and I am lifted up into this radiance like a speck of dust. Extraordinary presence shines upon me. As I'm being drawn up, I can see far above me an opening, circular in shape, and I enter a narrow tunnel leading to a kingdom of light. Mm. And, of course, what did Jesus say? Yes. Small and narrow is the way that mm -hmm. leads to the kingdom of God. Few find it. Most find the broad way that leads to destruction, out of darkness. They're held in chains of darkness until the day of judgment, when death and Hades are cast into a lake of fire called the second death. But thank God, those who know the Lord, the second death has no power, and their spirits return to God back into the light of his presence. Waves of radiance came towards me, comfort and living emotion, peace. She said, peace I give you, not of this world. Joy inexpressible. Oh, I couldn't believe the presence of God was so intense. My whole body was literally tingling with a supernatural presence of power. It's like a living light. When I heard about the Holy Spirit, when I read the Bible, I thought that must have been the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. Taste and see. Uh, comfort. Holy Spirit's the comfort of peace I give you. Fruit of the Spirit. Joy inexpressible. I turned my head to the right to see what I looked like. 
because in the darkness, my hand had gone through my face mm -hmm. and I could see my hand, pure light. But they were, it was me. It was a spiritual being or body of light. The Bible says God is the father of light and we are sons and daughters of light. In a moment, we're transformed. Death, where is your sting? The death mm. of, of uh, uh, the, the sting of death is sin. But thank be to God, Jesus yes. takes away all our sins. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm looking, going, flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God, but we shall be changed. I think this is in 1 Corinthians 12. It, it talks about how first the natural body, then the heavenly, first the earthly, then the spiritual. So I could see my spiritual body with the same shape and form as a natural body, but it was a spiritual body of light. Does it make any sense? I don't know. Yes, yes, it does. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I had no reference to the scripture. I now am dropping scripture in in relationship yes. to the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so I come out of the tunnel of light into a kingdom of light. So mm -hmm. immense. It was like I'd come into the center of all galaxies, star systems, the entire universe must find its energy and light. As I'm standing questioning what is it, inside the radiance I hear his voice. Scripture says, like the sound of many waters, deep calls unto deep. It was almost like I'd known his voice all my life, but not knowing him. Because what separates us from his voice and from knowing him is our sins. Not that God can't speak, but it's our sins that separate us. That's why the first thing is repent, turn from your sins, for the yes. kingdom of God is at hand. Thank God I had repented in that ambulance. I turned for my sins. As I'm standing, he talked to me, said, Ian, calling me by name. Do you wish to return? I thought, there is a person. He's talking to me. How does he know my name? I never told him my name. Where am I? I look back to where the tunnel I believe I've just come from. And sure enough, it's a tunnel dissipating back into darkness, back into Hades. I'm thinking, hospital bed. Is this real? Am I talking to a being of light whose radiance covers the universe? Or am I lying in a near-death NDE? I'm not, I'm not lying in the hospital, eyes closed, starvation of oxygen, endorphins have been released through the, through the toxin, and I am having a hallucinogenic, uh, euphoric uh, uh, th thought or impression in my mind. Mm -hmm. So from my medical background, I thought, well, it's either I'm near-dead, and it's NDE, or I'm dead and I'm experiencing this out of my body and this is real. This is supernatural. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I had no idea that certified me dead, moved me into the morgue, and basically I was gone. I was not just hard dead, I was brain dead. Incredible. But I couldn't see this. So I'm relating to this being of light. I said, look, if this is real and I'm dead out of my body, I wish to return. I don't truly know where I am. He said, Ian, if you return, you must see in a new light. I thought, light, see the light. Look at this incredible light. Are you the true light? He said, Ian, God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. 1 John 1, 5. Mm -hmm. As he spoke these words, just like I'd seen in the ambulance, these words of light appeared. God is light. No darkness. I thought, well, I've just come from darkness. The men called it hell. I didn't even believe in hell. I thought it was to scare people into religion. I thought all religions were based in fear. But look at this light. 
there's no darkness here. There's nothing. And, and I thought Eastern teaching had said yin and yang and the circle of light is light and darkness. Even in their yin and yang, they have light in the midst of a darkness and darkness in the middle of the light. I'm looking here. There's no darkness. I look behind me. To my amazement, of course, the light of his presence is shining through my spiritual transparent body of light and casting no shadow. The Bible's true. There's no shadow or shifting. There's no darkness. So his, his Christianity is diff, de, demarcates its teaching from all other religions. It's the only religion on the entire planet that teaches there's no darkness in God. He's pure light. Mm-hmm. And they're two separate kingdoms, absolutely separate. You can look at the Vedic, Sanskrit, Bhagavad Gita, Bhagwan. I've looked at all this stuff. You can go and study these things. They have within the thing light and darkness, yin and yang, within the circle of life. Thank God that's not true. God yes. has nothing evil, no darkness, no malice. His heart is continually full of light. And he loves to bring people out of darkness. He, as the light of the world, can penetrate, even if you made your bed in Sheol, Psalm 139, even if you descend into the lower regions of the earth. Darkness is light to the Lord. Where can you go from his presence? <laughs> darkness has to flee. Darkness has no power. Light will always displace and always take out darkness. So greater is he within us. Greater Christ in us, the hope of glory. The light of the world in us, coming in us, will transform us that we become sons and daughters of light. Mm. Anyhow, I feel like preaching. No, go right ahead. (laughs) So I'm standing going, that's God. He knows my inner thought. Nothing's hidden from him. Everything must be transparent. He knows my name, and then I become acutely aware of my own mortality, my own sinfulness, my own degenerate, messed up life. I thought they have truly got the wrong man. If that is almighty God, all his glory, radiance. The scriptures say that the the light is uh, seven to ten times brighter than the sun. I mean, it, it says you won't need the light of the sun or the moon or the stars because his radiance and glory will cover the heavens. So a lot of people have pictures of Jesus with a little light or a halo or an insipid glow around his face. Scriptures say he is glorified with a light that you won't need the light of the sun. I mean, it'll make a million suns look dull and yellow in comparison to the radiance and glory coming forth. I mean, it says we all fall short of his glory. Well, when you see the glory of God, you realize you fall short of it. You want to crawl into some rock. <laughs> so I'm thinking, that's it. I'm out of here. Before someone figures out they've got the wrong man, I should judge myself. And the Bible says men hate coming to the light lest their evil deeds are exposed. Mm-hmm. So I'm backing off from the light. As I do, judging myself back into the darkness, waves of radiance emanate forth. As this wave of light comes, I'm expecting to be the wrath or the fury or anger of God towards me as a sinner. But as the light hits me, unconditional, pure, no strings attached, love emanates. Liquid light, pure. I don't know if you've ever been loved, but I'll tell you what, my mum had loved me. (laughs) But this love eclipsed any mother's love. This love made my mother's love like a thimbleful. This love was beyond, beyond words. It was pure light, pure love. I could feel it tingling, moving, sweeping through the core of my being. I felt like it was an empty shell. 
like a, the walking dead. It's like I pressed the self-destruct button. But life, love, healing was pouring into every core of my being. I said, but God, you can't love me. I have broken your commandments. More and more love. I thought I need to be more specific. I said, I've taken drugs. I've slept around. I've been very immoral. More, I've committed adultery. I know what that is. I've broken your commandments. You can't love. But I had no idea that no one has fulfilled the Ten Commandments, not even Moses. All men have sinned. That yes. The Ten Commandments is, a, is to bring us to conviction of sin as a schoolmaster. Only Jesus fulfilled all the law of the prophets. Only Jesus fulfilled the Ten Commandments. He came to be the fulfillment, and a new covenant was done in his blood. Yes. That only through Christ the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, could we have redemption and forgiveness of sin? He was the Holy One of God. I stood there weeping as love. more I told him about my sin, the greater the love came until I burst into tears. I couldn't stop crying. When you have shame like me, you now know why that prostitute wept. You now know. I had sought for love and got lust and sex. I had looked for it in the arms of woman. I had found a measure of love, but this love had a guilty conscience. This love had sin attached to it. This love was not right. This love was outside the bounds of what God had spoken, and it was outside of marriage, and I knew it was wrong. I had a conscience. I knew it was but I couldn't stop it. I'd become a slave to lust. I'd become a slave to sin. I would become so selfish, so centered on me. This love just began to pour into me. I could feel the shame going. I could feel the guilt going. And when I opened my eyes, I was encased in pure white light. It was though he had filled my entire being with love. The Bible says that we should be transformed in an inner man from glory to glory. And the greatest is love, that we love because he first loved us. And perfect love casts out all fear, all the fear of judgment, all the fear of God's wrath of God, all the fear of his anger. He had somehow loved me. And, and he spoke to me, said, Ian, all your sins were forgiven. When you prayed the Lord's Prayer in that ambulance, I forgave all of your sins. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hey, this is Mentor Mama, and I have an incredibly practical tip for all our listeners. With over 130 orders I've already placed on Instacart, I can't tell you enough how much I absolutely love Instacart. If you hate going grocery shopping or always end up coming home with way more items than were on your list, which of course blows your budget, then Instacart is for you. I actually save both time and money using Instacart. I save time shopping because the app keeps track of all my regular purchases, making each subsequent order super fast to enter on my app. I also save time by avoiding checkout lines and driving to and from the store. In addition to saving time, I have saved so much money because I don't get seduced by every new flavor or product on the shelf. My grocery bills have been considerably less. If you want to make shopping easy, get delivery via Instacart in as fast as one hour and get your first delivery free, 
Click the link in our description and start today. Though my sins be scarlet red, he will make them as white as snow. What was my spirit? As white as snow. Cleansed from all defilement, all evil. I stood before him as if I'd never sinned. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins mm. of the world. I was now beholding the Lamb of God glorified who had taken away my sins and loved me with eternal love. I couldn't stop crying. I wept. When you've been forgiven like this, those who have been forgiven much, love much, I was beyond consolable. I had to cry. I hadn't cried for 12 years, man. I've been taught men don't cry. Men, had, uh, men around me had hard me up to be hard and, and to control my emotions here. Thank God Jesus wept. He raised men from the mm -hmm. dead, but he wept. <laughs> he wept out of compassion and healed the sick. I could sense the heart of this man, the heart of God being transformed into me. Mm. He was healing me. I walked into the light. I said, God, I've got to see you. I can sense your love. I can sense your presence. I can. I know you're in there. I can hear your voice, but I can't see you. Can I come in and see you face to face? Uh, and I had enough of the fear of God in me to know if he said, stop, I would have. But I just walked in. And as I did, the veils of light, it was like miniature stars. When I look up in the heavens at night, the stars seem so far away. I feel incredibly small. Here I walked in. And the stars seem small. It's as though I was walking into the universe as a son of God. The Bible says we are created in the image of God. Yes. So often God holds the universe in the palm of his hands. He uses the earth of his footstool. So often we look at ourselves as so small and insignificant. But I think we don't understand that we are actually sons and daughters of the Most High God. And when we leave this earthly realm, we will realize who we really are in Christ. But don't wait till then. <laughs> so I'm walking in this light. There's just veils of light and shimmering miniature stars. It enters my being of light and begins to heal what I can only call my heart of hearts. There was a part of me that I gave to no woman, not even to my mother, no one that no one got. I've been saving it in case I got married and found the woman of my dreams. I was waiting to have something left. I thought, my God, if I don't have something left, I'll never be able to love a wife. It's such a wreck. But that area had been so wounded too. God's love went over that and began healing my heart of hearts, an area that no one had ever got to. And that's why the Spirit, Jesus, when he first preached, said, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me to heal broken hearts and bind up their wounds. His presence was healing my broken heart. It was binding, touching, and transforming something that no human being could get to. And, and that's why I love him. That's why <laughs> there's not one gay bit in my body, but I tell you what, he, he loves with an unconditional love. I walked in, and here he is, arms outstretched, garments of light psalm 104 verse 2 i think says he clothes himself in robes of light you take in this cloud of glory which i now know to be the holy spirit glorifying the sun and he had literally made a garment of light it was like robes of light bare feet arms outstretched form of a man same size as a human being not some gigantic being we're creating his image and and is here I'm thinking Jesus has, no, he's 
pure white hair, dazzling white, radiant hair down to his hair, and his, to his shoulders. And when I read the book of Revelation, when I got back and God said, read a Bible, mm-hmm. I've got to jump ahead. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. In Revelation 1, 13 to 18, when I read it, it says, and his head and his hair was white like wool, like snow. And, of course, in Daniel 8, the Ancient of Days, sitting upon a throne of fire, his hair was white like wool, like snow. Jesus said, when you've seen the Father, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. So here I am seeing Jesus, not as the Son of Man, but how he was before he came to earth and how he is now glorified. So often we we see Jesus as the Son of Man, uh, taking on the former man. Yes. But we fail to realize he was in the beginning with the Father creating man in the garden. Yes. He was He was always, he's the alpha. He was the beginning. He's the omega. He's the end. Everything, he's the exact representation of the invisible God. All the, full, all the fullness of the Godhead is represented in him. And when you see the face of Jesus, you see the glory of the Father revealed in the face of Christ. So when I look at his face, here, pure white, arms of love, robes down to his feet, his face was the epicenter of all the radiance and the glory in the cosmos. Mm. It was the face of God. It, you couldn't make out the form of his features because his face was the epicenter of the cosmos. It was like if he spoke, galaxies, constellations would come forth from his countenance. He could speak the worlds into existence. Wow. It was like looking into eternity within eternity. So I'm going, oh, my goodness. It's like looking into galaxies within him. It's like you are looking into the universe. It's, mm. it's, it's inside him is the fullness of the entire cosmos. We, he's speaking stuff into existence. That's enough to captivate you. Yes. I am just absolutely in awe. I walk towards him and I can see he's, he's encouraging me to come closer. Then light emanates out of his face, making what's this? As it hits my countenance, purity, unbelievable, childlike innocence and purity. It's as though I have never sinned in my entire life. We are pure because he is pure. The next I got closer, more light, holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And thank God he is preparing us to be a pure holy bride to come within the veil and and only jesus himself can make you pure and holy many people try and do that but i don't do this i don't do that they control and they're religious and they're all bound up no 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 you cannot cannot cleanse yourself but you can come to the throne of grace you can come in within the veil into the holy of holies and meet him face to face. Many Christians I meet only look at Jesus as the dead saviour, or they look at Jesus as the historic Jesus of 2,000 years ago. Thank God he's alive. And Paul the Apostle met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and who did he see? The glorified, risen son of God. He said the cross is empty. He's no longer dead. He's alive. And faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? the rhema, the voice of God. Many people look in the scriptures thinking that in the scriptures you'll find Jesus, but Jesus said, no, the scriptures bear witness of me, but I am the word of God made flesh. My disciples beheld me, a person. I'm now beholding not a Bible. I'm beholding a person who is the living word of God, glorified, made flesh, 
and is in the heavens, the highest mm. heavens. I am watching him, talking to me, loving me, empowering me, and transforming me. I walk right up. I'm hoping to see his unveiled face. I now know that we will, Revelations 22, 4, we will see him face to face. But here I'm trying to see him and he moves, not permitting me to see his unveiled face. And of course, the scriptures say without faith, it's impossible to please God. Had I seen the unveiled face of Jesus right then, I don't believe I could come back and share what I'm sharing. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and, and those who have not seen him and believe, actually, it's more blessed. <laughs> I've seen him. I've had an advantage. I'm just trying to impart to you a revelation of who he is. I pray that the word of God that you read each day actually comes alive. This is a word that can come alive to you. It can literally talk about who he is so that you encounter him and have a relationship with the living Christ. As Jesus steps to one side with his hands, I watch that he is blocking a view, same shape as the tunnel, circular shape. As I walk up to it, I can see fields, pastures, crystal clear river, mountains, blue sky. Oh. I'm trying to figure out what I'm looking at. I thought heaven was pearly gates and, and, and people playing harps and white sheets. I'm streets of gold or something. These are what I'd heard of and I'd seen portraits of. No one had told me that God had created a new earth. The old earth will pass away, 2 Peter 3, 10 to 18. Yes. Revelations 21, uh, the old earth and the old heavens had passed away, but he had made a new earth and a new heaven and a new Jerusalem was coming down out of the new heavens onto a new earth. Some people are in to try and save this earth. They think they're going to terraform it as manifest sons of God through spiritual warfare. Guess what? The Bible says this world will pass away. Yes. 2,000 years ago, John saw it. He said, I saw a new earth. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, well, he's going to establish his kingdom here. And he's going to establish his kingdom in us. But when Jesus was asked, are you a king? He said, yes, I am. But my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not. I go and prepare a place for you. And by faith, we're sojourners. We're traveling through. We're looking for a city made by God. We are created by him. He has made his many mansions. He has prepared a place for us. And it's not of this world. This world will pass away with consuming fire. But fear not, even though it's destroyed this way. Second Peter 3, 10 to 18. Don't worry. New heaven, new earth. Yes. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking up to new heavens. God show me river of life and trees, not just one tree of life, trees of life along the sides of this river. I am beyond comprehension. Can you imagine when God comes out of the new heavens down with the new Jerusalem? It says the gates of that city will be opened on the new earth and he will now habitate with man and we will be able to walk. We'll see him. He, he won't just come and visit man like he did on this earth. He will literally live with us. Oh, gosh. I don't know if you're excited, but I just yes. can't wait. For it. Let's get it over and done with. The earth will roll back like a sprawl. Let's just have the Son of God and his white horse come in in all his glory. Maranatha, Lord Jesus. We're in these days. I'm convinced Christ is coming. Let him come.
These things that we see must come to pass in Matthew 24. Let them come to pass. Fear not. Perfect love casts out all fear. What have we got to fear? It's temporal suffering. It's light affliction in comparison to the hope and glory set before us. Yes. And anyway, I'm now preaching. So, so next minute, Jesus came back in front of me and he said, Ian, now do you wish to remain or do you wish to return back to it? What would you want to do? I said, I want to remain. I have no desire to go back. I'm not married. I have no children, none that I know of. I have no one to go back for. No one loves me. So I look back to say, well, Vita's saying, ciao, juice, goodbye, cruel world. As I look back to say that, here's a vision of my mum. I mean, I just told God no one loves me. Here's my beautiful mum. And I've just told Almighty God, no one loves me. How will mother handle the fact that her dear son died? Would she have any concept that those prayers she prayed broke through in that ambulance and I did repent and Jesus heard me and I and all that she believes is real. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. There's the son of God. It's true. Will she know I made it? I thought she won't. I've got no diary. I've got no way she would be able to, no ambulance driver, no paramedic, no nurse could testify that this boy was calling upon the name of Jesus. This boy was praying. All that was done was in my heart. <laughs> it's a bit like the thief on the cross. You know what I mean? It was yes. done in the last second. Mm. Remember me when you enter your yes. father's kingdom. Yes. <laughs> Today you'll be with me in paradise. That's a deathbed prayer. Mate, I don't care how close to death you are and how far away. Never too late to call out. So I'm looking at mum going, I must go back. i got to tell her what she believes in is real. The Lord said, Ian, if you return, you must see things in a new light from an heavenly, eternal perspective. When you receive Christ in, you start seeing no longer from temporary, but eternal perspective. Mm. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He gives you his heavenly, eternal perspective. Stop looking at the earthly. Get lifted up, get caught up into the third heaven, just like John in Revelation in the spirit is caught up, see Jesus, and then see the church in the world from his perspective. Book of Revelation isn't just on end time. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Start getting a revelation of Jesus Christ glorified. It will change your world. Mm -hmm. A living Savior who talks. He said, Ian, you must see things through a new light. I understood. I looked back. Here my dad appeared, my brother, my sister, multitude of people, multi sea of humanity behind them. I said, who are they? Why are you showing me all these people? He said, none of these will step foot inside a church any longer. I want you, Ian, to go back and tell them what you've seen. I said, but God, I don't know them. I don't love them. I know my family. I, I, I love my mum. I definitely can go back for them. But I don't have that kind of love. Who are they to me? He said, Ian, I love them. I desire all of them to come to know me. I said, then how do I go back down a tunnel back into my body? I didn't even know how I got here. He said, son, tilt your head. Now open your eye and see. As he spoke instantly, my head was tilting, my eye was opening, and I'm back in my body in a split second, lying on a slab in a mortuary with a doctor with a scalpel pricking my foot like a dead piece of meat. This poor doctor sees his corpse come alive, goes through the ceiling. I roll my head. Nurses, three of them, see me bash into each other, run. And people are terrified as suddenly their corpse starts moving and looking at them and opening their eyes. And I'm thinking, this isn't a coma. This isn't someone in an NDE. This looks like I'm in a mortuary. What the heck? 
go, did I just die? What's all that real? And God speaks to me through all my confusions. His son, I've just given your life back. What? I thought, no wonder why the doctor's terrified. He drops my foot. I'm thinking he's going to run. He said, son, you've been dead for 15 to 20 minutes. We've done nothing to bring you back. What? And I'm thinking, do I tell him I've seen Jesus? I thought, he'll, he'll put me in a, in a straitjack. He'll, he'll give me Prozac. He'll think I've flipped my lid. I thought, no, I didn't even know. I've seen God. I can't move. Three minutes, I'll be on a machine. God, do another miracle. Heal me. Power. Like electricity went through me within three or four hours I was completely healed so I believe not only in the resurrection power of Christ but the healing power yes. I've seen miracles I've seen God touch bodies the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead Jesus said lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed well some of them are unfortunately I'm not Jesus but some of them I've seen are healed I've prayed and I've seen cancers go I've seen people get out of wheelchairs deaf ears open blind eyes I've seen almost every miracle in the Bible I haven't prayed for lepers, but I've seen them. And, and man, praise God. I've seen guys with AIDS healed of AIDS. I'm going, they're like modern-day lepers with some of these poor guys. I feel sorry for them. They were just looking for love too. They were just looking for love. Mm-hmm. And so many of us judge people. We have no idea how God loves the most broken, the most tormented. Yes. The most smashed human being has been through the gutter, through all kinds of abuse. The Lord can scoop them up, take broken vessels, shattered vessels, and reform them into something beautiful and pour his healing love back in and make them pure and holy again as though they'd never sinned. I said, God, what's happened to me? The fishermen saw me, thought I was a ghost come back from the dead. The Lord said, you're a reborn Christian. I said, I've never heard of it. He said, read a Bible. I got back to New Zealand. I asked my dad for a Bible. Within six weeks, I read it. My mother came into the room weeping, wondering what had happened. And I told her, and she told me how she'd be praying. He's still alive. Uh, uh, that's my testimony. I'm sorry I went so long. Oh, time. no. No, no, no. I'm so glad you did. And thank you. I can't. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Praise Lord. God, he yes. is alive and coming. And he can fill you with his Holy Spirit and power, baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And we need to get a fire in us. His word is like a fire. His prophetic word is like consuming. Jesus' eyes are a flame of fire. Let the fire of God burn in your hearts today. Refine his fire, purifying fire. Let the anointing of God come over you. Let the mantle of heaven come Mm. upon you. And if you don't know Jesus, pray this, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Mm-hmm. Forgive me of all my sins. Yes. Wash me with your precious blood. Take away every evil, every bondage, every form of darkness. Cleanse me and I will be clean. Set me free. Break the chains. And Jesus, I forgive all those who have abused me, all those who have sinned against me, all those who have taken advantage. I will forgive even those who have harmed my loved ones. I release forgiveness and mm-hmm. hatred and bitterness mm-hmm. for anyone and everything that's happened to me. And I surrender my whole life to the Lordship of Christ. I invite you in to be my Savior. Come, Lord, by the power of your Spirit. Come by your manifest presence. Let the King of glory come and I open the door of my heart. Fill me up, Lord, with your power. Fill me up with your peace. Fill me with your presence. 
and let the peace of God be with me all the days of my life. Mm-hmm. I choose to follow you. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Ian, so much for sharing. You know, in your testimony, you describe how you were directed to God's word in the Bible. Can you expand on the importance of that for for our listeners? Just that, you know, how reading the Bible, you get to know God and understand his character. Well, says, give us this day our daily bread. And of course, the, Jesus said, I am the bread from heaven. I am the word of God made flesh. So when we have communion, when we read his Bible, it says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is the word of God spoken and written. This is, this is the written word. You know what I mean? The Logos is yes, written. Yes. It's talked about him. What, of course, is the Holy Spirit can inspire this to become a rhema word. It became the daily bread, the word of the Lord for the day, the, the day. And, and, of course, he can talk to you directly. He can give you a vision, dream. He can speak through other people, through preachers. through. And that's why we want to fellowship. We want to be connected with church. We want to be connected with brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not yes. forsake the, the coming together. We need pastors. Um, apostles, prophets, teachers. We need them to equip us, to train us, to bring us to maturity. But the key is we're not following man. We're following Jesus. (laughs) He is the source. He is the spring of eternal life. And the spirit and the bride say, come and drink. So we have the word, which is the bread, and we have the spirit. Of course, the spirit is like the living water. We eat and drink. And of course, the blood there's life in the blood. Again, talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes. So we're coming, Lord, cleanse me with your precious blood daily. Come and wash me as white as snow. Mm-hmm. Bring me in to meet with you face to face. There's the priesthood of all believers. We now all have access in prayer like the high priest used to do into the Holy of Holies, meeting God face to face. It's beautiful. Yes. Yes, it sure He's is. He's El Shaddai. He's Elohim. He's Yeshua Hamashiach. He is Messiah. He is all Jehovah, Rapha, Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah, my healer, my deliverer. He's everything. <sighs> the lamb and the lion. The, the lamb of God and the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. But he can baptize you. I got saved. I'd been christened. The Lord said, no, no, you need to be baptized in water. He said, John the Baptist baptized me. I went into the Jordan and I came out. So I said, give me a big bit of ocean. And and can I go in the ocean? He said, yes. And and I went up to a place called Hot Water Beach. I'd been enough hot water. It's a certain (laughs) place. And I went into the ocean and I came out, baptized, immersed, and the Spirit of God came upon me. I tell you. Praise God. Wow. I was milking the cows and I'd seen you can pray in tongues, you can pray in the spirit, you can pray in angels. I began praying the spirit. I began, I thought this is extraordinary. And they said, Well, you can lay hands on sick. So pray for the cows. I started seeing them healed. So I thought, that's it, it's there. Oops, people trying to call me. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. I got a friend from England trying to call me. He's one of our church leaders. In the oh. UK, that when we planted a church up there, very close friend. Oh, used wonderful. to be Calvary. He fought in the Iraq War, and he's oh. a tank commander. Oh. And um, he just saw the hand of God come, and he said, 
you know, we hate going to war, but unfortunately, sometimes we do. And he used to guard the queen around the palace with all the breastplate and the silver wow. and stuff. I said, yeah. we need to take the sword of the spirit, <laughs> which is the word of God. Yes, yes. Ian, you've done just such a beautiful job of, of helping our listeners understand the, the eternal value of, of staying in God's word and placing your faith and your trust in him and Christ in you. So Jesus is the word, but he is a person. So read this until the pages wear out, read, (laughs) understand, study, get concordances. I think it's incredibly important. Some people say, what do you study? What books do you read? I said, well, actually the Bible, um, (laughs) That could take you the rest of your life and, and get it until you pay, just underline it. When God speaks, write even dates on it. I've done that in almost every page in the Bible. So that the word, you become a, it's almost like you become a living epistle. The word becomes part of you. It's, it's tested. You know it. It's, you've had an encounter and experience with the love. People say, oh, well, I know God loves me. I said, but, but have you encountered it? By faith, we believe, but by faith, we receive. So faith isn't just believing, faith is actually receiving. So God loves me, receive it. God died for me, well, receive the grace, receive, you're saved by grace, receive the salvation. Um, Jesus can heal the brokenhearted, allow him to heal your broken heart. It's a a real encounter. It's it's not just words. Yes. (laughs) I believe Jesus can heal the sick. Well, start praying for the sick. (laughs) How can you see miracles? Start praying for them. Go and preach the gospel to all the world. Preach the good news. Well, open your mouth. Speak forth the word of truth and lead people to Christ. Yes. Yes. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Well, how can people find out more information about Ian if they'd like to? I know I've been on your website and there's so, such great information, but tell, tell us. I've been doing bit. this for 40 years, so I've not, I'm not passionate at present. So my website's a billboard. I, I try not to sell anything for money. Uh, there's no copyright. There's no royalties. They had movies done, whatever. I made no, nothing offered. Jesus just said, freely receive, freely give. So anything I've ever got, whatever you find on the internet, it's free. Some of the ones that it's called, um, my website's called a glimpse of eternity.org. Um, and some of the teaching I think that are really are helpful is who has your heart? Um, teach on the fivefold. Just teach on whatever you find. I let any church and any ministry um, video me, tape it, copy it. So who knows? I've had my website pulled down three or four times. All my all my YouTube sites destroyed. For some reason, there's something out there on the web. I think it's called a spider. <laughs> oh. And it's it's an apple that's had a bite out of it, I think. Um mm-hmm. And I think there's some interesting stuff out there. And it's a knowledge of good and evil. So some of the evil out there doesn't like truth being spoken. Yes. And so if you can find anything, just God bless you. I hope it's of some use and some help to you. And so thank God for this. I mean, coffee and Bible time. Praise God. Thank you for what you guys are doing. I just pray in any way, through podcasts, through videos, through books, uh, we can get it out and get the, get the truth out. Yes. Um, my, my book has been put out. I think it's called A Glimpse of Eternity, and it's out there somehow. 
Um, it's even on my website, I think, in Word document, you can read it where people have actually tried to write more about the supernatural realm in the book. Uh, it may even be out on Amazon. They may be producing it for a few bucks. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, we've not really sold product for, for uh, money. We've just let it get out. And it's yes. in all different languages. And um, hopefully it hasn't been removed from the web. Oh, okay. Well, I will definitely put the link um, to your website in our links below. Uh, before we go, Ian, I just want to ask you a couple of short little questions here um, sure. that we, let, we like to ask of our guests. So what Bible do you use and which translation is it? Um, I use the New American Standard mm-hmm. um, Bible. I also use the King James and the New King James. Um, that's, but everyone's got their own preference. Sure. Some people love the Amplified. My wife reads the NIV. Whatever works. I mean, I just love this. A Messianic Jew who disciple me gave this to me. He said it was more literal than New American Standard. And I love the, the King James. Um, but this, this has been a great Bible for me. Uh, this... Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Anything, any other questions? <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you have any favorite, you mentioned um, supplies or journaling supplies that you like to use to enhance your Bible study. I know, I, I love how you shared with your audience, just take notes and just a pen yeah. and. Um, yeah. You fill your Bible up. Yeah. I mean, like here's a scripture in, that I love. It's in um, Song of Solomon. Because, of course, this is a picture of Jesus looking for his bride. My beloved is mine and I am his. And here in Song of Solomon 8, verse 6, um, put me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy is severe as Sheol. Its flashes of flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love nor will rivers overflow it. If a man were to give all the riches of his house for love, it would be utterly despised. Mm. The Lord put a seal upon my heart, set my heart on fire. (laughs) And love has (laughs) be quenched. And remember, I've been married to my wife 33 years. I'm more in love with her than uh, I was when I married her. It just gets deeper and deeper. We're empty nesters. We've got three beautiful kids. Aww. But I tell you what, I just can't wait. <laughs> love is the greatest. Everything is about receiving his love, being filled with his love, and from that position, love will overflow. You can do nothing apart from him. And the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. Yes. And I think that's a perfect place to wrap up our podcast. Ian, I can't thank you enough for being here and taking the time to share your story and with our audience. Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of comments for you on YouTube. Thank you again for to our listeners for coming to either the podcast or the YouTube channel for this um, video version of the podcast. Don't forget to head over to Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. We love you all. Have a blessed day. Amen.